Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Deuce, Season 2, Episode 7. It's called The Feminism Part. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. I suppose I'll start this one by just saying, in a sentence, how much did you like or dislike last week's episode since you were absent? That's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I will say, bear with me if I mention something from last week's episode, because I watched these just back to back. Oh yeah, sure. So, things Um, might blur a touch. Yes. I particularly enjoyed from last week's how in the final scene when it was showing you part of the movie, the shooting style completely changed. It was like a horror movie all of a sudden. And then, you know, you kind of got what it was, but I like that. Yeah, I I will just say from last week, uh, Larry was my favourite part. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Larry's a very funny film. Yes. Uh, He's he's good. Uh, The cheesy smile with the teeth in particular was uh was good joyous yes yes uh but yeah so this episode um we start off and i I kind of i'd kind of call this one this is the episode where shit's starting to hit the fan and multiple fronts almost because obviously vincent's story is starting to feel a little bit you know because he he outright says at the start of the episode uh rudy comes in and says oh wait speaking he's like hey i've got another location we could have another bar here you know i want you to run it and he's like "Ah, i don't know and then he kind of makes him an offer and says, well, like, how about you let me out of the parlours and I'll do the bars well. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just do all the bars. And and uh, Tommy takes him aside for a word. Yes. Um, and very neatly, just very, very, and very civilly as well, tries to explain what will happen. Because uh, Vincent, you know, he gets kind of risky here and says, oh, what will happen if I just refuse? And I was like, why, why are you saying that, Vincent? That's a bad thing to say. <laughs> Don't say that to the mob. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and Tommy jokingly says, oh, they'll find your body somewhere. Uh, he's like, oh, come on, piss off. And I laughed at that because Tommy was cracking a joke, but at the same time with these guys, it's like, oh, that could also be true. <laughs> it could, but I don't think it is here. I genuinely, like, that is just his sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, look, if, if you if you break the chain, you'll just cut, be cut out, and we'll cut out everyone else as well. Abby won't have the hi-hat anymore. Bobby will get fired from the parlours, and this will all be your fault. And he feels trapped, and he actually does, you know, he, Tommy says come back in for a drink, and instead he just leaves. He gets some cocaine, he just leaves, and he goes goes on the run, essentially, for a bit. And he ends up just being like a day trip, essentially, to, to you know, you know to the state of Vermont. And I was like, man, is he, is he, and obviously by the end of the episode, they seemed like they were all on fairly good terms. It's almost like they accepted that he needed to blow off some steam for a bit, but... You know, he yeah. leaves, and it felt like, oh, is, is he, like, causing trouble here? You know, getting a rented car and driving off. And ultimately, he's just kind of... Because I was wondering t- at first, is he going somewhere specific? Is he is, is, is there a destination in mind? Is he going to see his wife and kids who have moved or something? Like, you know... Yeah, I know I'm with you. But ultimately, it's just, no, no, just getting out of the sea. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that, you know, he, he buys this bag of cocaine, he takes some of it, and then looks very ill, and then decides to just get rid of the rest of it. Like, and I think that's very symbolic of the the cocaine essentially represents the mafia, where mm. digging deeper into it just made them feel sick, and he just wanted to no, I want to be clean. I just want to be away from yeah. it. Uh, and he ends up going to you know, like a small bar, and it's a college town, and the guys like struggling. He's like, oh, the other guy's off. I'm having to serve everyone. I'm you know I'm working solo tonight. And I, I knew where it was going as soon as he said yeah, that. Yeah, he's like, well, I do bars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that's how bartenders speak. I do bars. <laughs> Shut up. What do you do for Elvin? I do bars. Well, it's been a long day, and really, all I want is to do a bar. Okay. 
<laughs> just on the other side. And you know, he seems to maybe enjoy like his bartending more than he has in a while. You know, he's he's he sort of like somebody orders a drink and he's like, no, here, but I'll do this instead. Like, trust me, this is better. You'll have less of a hangover. And he, you know, he, he you know, he makes him this drink. And then he makes one for the girl as well. And he's like, oh, do you two know each other? And they don't. And he almost, he gets these two people like talking who might, you know, have a, who might, who might like each other, right? He may have a nice yeah. night now. And he does a really good job of it. And there's even a little joke where he, he pretends he doesn't know what this drink is called. He's like, I've got no idea, but how about you two think of it? And the other guy's like, that's called a, and I don't remember what the name was, but he's Negroni. like, that's a, a what? Negroni. Take word for it. And he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like, no, that was a bit. I was doing a bit to get them to, you know, have, yeah. you know he's good at his job he doesn't just serve drinks he's good at you know having an atmosphere right yeah. um but he's not dealing with the mob he's not dealing with pimps he's not dealing with anyone like that he's just this is just a bunch of college kids and he sees this guy's family he sees this you know this wife and kids they, you know he takes them home to so he can crash for a bit and he comes back and when he talks to abby he's basically like he's basically this is him seeing he's out he's like we don't need to work in this town again we can go somewhere else I, I can yeah. go here in Ten Bar and we can have a nice quiet life in a, in a quieter place. And Abby's not for it, though. Abby doesn't want it. She, she's like... And, like, nah, city. And I, I think this is maybe the, the, the true divide between those two now is that they're just not right for each other in, in, in a lot of ways. They both want different things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he wants to go and have the quiet life somewhere and she wants to fight. You know, she wants to stay yeah. in, the, in the mix of everything. But I think this is the, the first time that they're starting to realise it. Yeah. Because there's that moment where, you know, she she was, ended up having sex with Dave and he asks her about it and she's honest about it and she makes a crack about him being jealous and he's like, no, we don't do jealousy. And she kind of is like, hey, I'll, if it makes you feel better, I, do, I get jealous sometimes as well, even though we, we kind of have this open arrangement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so there's still a respect here, there's still a, a mutual thing here. Um, and you know earlier on when Tommy asked him, is your girlfriend busting your balls and that's why I want her at the parlours, when he said, no, this is about me, I believed him, and I think the rest of this episode is what convinces me that yeah. he is telling the truth there. This this is not just about her. This is about his own, uh, his own conscious, his, his own, you know, morals. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'm with you. It, it's starting to get to him, isn't it? Yeah, uh, he he wants to be clean, but you know, he, he clears his head. He comes back, and he kind of, at least for now, seems to accept. Well, he, he, I mean, obviously, but the final scene might <laughs> rejigger him again, but. You know, he's he's kind of joking around. He sees the 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 bar and uh, obviously the final scene, and you see them being followed by the other car, and then there's a shootout. And of course, Rudy and Tommy just kind of like, oh, what the f these assholes? Who do they think they are? They're ready to go fight. They're angry. And Vince is like, what the shit am I involved in? Yeah, and then they make a point of going, hey, hey, they're shooting at you, not us. Hmm. And yeah, you know, he he was it, you know earlier on, Vince only said he felt like he was being followed. That's true. Yeah, that was the last episode. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, I told you this might happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, relevant all the same. If, if they're wondering, okay, if they're targeting him specifically, why? That's a good question. I don't actually know why specifically him. Especially if, if Rudy's right there. There was the guy he kicked out for selling drugs. I don't know if it could be connected to that. Yeah, it could season. be. Yeah. That could be the knock-on effect. I'm not sure. Seems really... <laughs> Wait, hold on. Do they think it's Frankie? <laughs> <laughs> now, that is far more plausible. That is, that is actually probably the most plausible guess we could have at this moment in time. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they think it's Frankie. That's why they're shooting the poor Vincent. 
Because yeah. uh, I mean, hell, if you remember the first one of the first scenes we ever had with Vincent in episode Does one, him get him beaten up. Yeah, because the guy thought it was you know you put him up against the wall and he starts asking for money. He's like, no, I'm 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 Vincent. I'm not Frankie. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a possibility. It is possible. But I think I think it's him realizes in too deep which oddly i th- I think actually parallels cc i mean cc's not in a lot of this episode but i think it parallels him because I-, I knew this was about to happen there's a scene with cc in in uh in laurie in the in the restaurant he's taking her yeah. to a fancy dinner and the waiter like pours a little bit of the wine in the glass and i don't know why i know this because it's not like i've ever been fine anything like this and it's not like i drink alcohol but I I know that this is they're supposed to test the wine and then see if that's the one they want or or whatever, right? And yeah, you, know, you know it's not to say if if it's the one they want, right? Because once they've brought that bottle over, that's it. You know, you okay, you, what's you it for? Te- educate to me check, to check that the wine's good, like that it's not gone off, basically. Okay, well fair, but the point yeah. is is to check it, right? It's just to yeah. taste it and t- test it. Um, but CC and I knew he wasn't going to get it. I knew he was going to like be like, why did you only pull that amount? We hell, yeah. and that's basically what he does. He gets kind of confrontational and demands that they pour a proper glass. I uh, I appreciate the way I didn't didn't bother. He just 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 poured it. He just went for it. Yeah, he didn't try to explain to him because yeah. I, I think I think he understood that if he tried to explain to him, that he, he was saying something stupid. Even if he wasn't going to phrase it that way, he might insult him, and therefore yeah, it would just lead to easier something else. Just pour it and move on. Yeah, um, and even the way CC interrupts him when he tries to tell him about the the specials and and, and whatnot, yeah. and. So you know, it's it's kind of it's just kind of funny to me. It's just a really simple way of showing that CC thinks he belongs in high society because he's a smart guy who's made a lot of money, but he doesn't actually understand a lot no. of the little things. And it's not a big deal. It's not like it doesn't matter. That he doesn't understand this little thing, but it's the way he gets angry about it and assumes he's been taken advantage of, or assumes that he's he's doing something dirty. You know, rather mm-hmm. than just admitting to himself, "Oh, hey, why did you only pour a little amount?" and ask why. Yeah. You know, it's it's about his attitude. It's about how he treats it, uh, and of course, Laurie is uh is getting a big movie deal with our our, our producer. Yes, yes. The, the the agents got a lined up for what was it three movies with the lead six yeah. contract. Yeah, same character, so it's a trilogy essentially of yeah of movies, and obviously she you know the the the, the agents wanted to cut out CC. I think Laurie definitely wants to cut out CC, and I I wonder if I mean. This might not be drama dramatic enough for the show, but I wonder if the easy way to do this is just to base herself somewhere else. Just have her move, work out of LA instead. I think that is the easiest route. Yeah. But the question becomes: Is that kind of just doing what we already did with with Ashley, right? Um. I mean, I, I think there's some poetry in that. That is, even though they went in completely different paths, and even though they can, you know, she's mm. becoming a, a porn star, which is completely different from what Ashley did, that essentially the actual step of leaving CC ultimately ended up being the same, unless you want to go for a more confrontational uh, storyline, which you might. I think, I think it feels a little bit too easy because you know the, the the whole thing is right. You know, um, you know, Ashley, she's come back and having to confront it and deal with the past, yeah. right? And then I feel like if, if Laurie just leaves and doesn't have any of this stuff with CC, we kind of have to do the same thing with her next season. And I feel like we're just recycling the beats there. I can see the concern there. But it still makes the most sense from, from like a choice point of view. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. In terms of being safe from him, in terms of like going with our movie career, 
And then as for coming back, like, yeah, she might have a reason to come back as a as an actor in season two. Because you know, again, if we jump five years or whatever. I think it makes a lot of sense from a character's perspective for her to just go. But not from a show perspective. But, yeah, from a storytelling perspective, it feels underwhelming. Only because Ashley's already done it. <laughs> exactly. If, if, yeah. if she hadn't, then it'd be fine. Uh, which is why I think there may be a darker end where Cece loses his shit. I, I am starting to get a little concerned. Because he was very threatening with Dave this episode. Because as Cece points out, you want to legalise all this stuff. If this is all legal, then what's the point of a pimp? Yeah, Dave's a bit of a, an idiot, right? He's a bit, yeah. Someone's like, hey, we're going to make it better for you. We're going to decriminalise it. And they're all like, they don't need us. He hasn't, I don't think Dave's clocked that. Or he probably knows, but he he's too up his own ass to realise that, hey, the pimps aren't that stupid. They're going to know what you're doing. Yeah. And the, the, there's now also rumours of like a couple of girls getting bus tickets and leaving, you know, from, from yeah. this group. And now they 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 very much because even Vincent points out to Abby if hey if you're going to hang around him you may want to be careful because the pimps all hate him, uh, so he might meet a, an unfortunate end. Um, I'm alright with that. He's not that interesting. <laughs> he's not that interesting on his own. He's kind of just there to facilitate what whatever uh, Ashley or Abby are up to yeah. in the episodes. But I mean, that's fine. Hey, you've got a sh- you've got a show with like fifty five characters. Not all fifty five of them can be gold. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's, yeah. it's not like Paul's Paul's boyfriend or his actor friend or the interest. It's just Paul. Paul's what we care about yeah, in those scenes. Overall, bat and average is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, the bat and average is pretty good. So, so no, uh, so, so I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Just kind of, it wasn't a lot of CC and Laurie in this episode, but the little scenes we did get were definitely pointing us in a very yeah specific direction. And it's interesting that she has that scene with the agent where she tells her about, you know, going on and this is your big ticket and this is going to change your career and this is your door, you know, busting wide open. And then CeCe's scene is very much about him saying, oh, I know you're going to get a lot of opportunities now, but remember that what's important is me and this city and what's here. Yeah. Like, he's trying to keep control. It's, it's, you know, it's a continuation of what we've had all season, but... It is. Uh, but as always, but well done. With only a couple episodes left for it to come to a head, it, it feels like it's getting there now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... Jumping over uh, to uh, to to Candy, uh, I, I wanted, obviously this is where the title of the episode comes from, is that they're showing, it turns out actually to be the other mob guy, uh, who's one of the funders of the movie, yeah. uh, they're here to see it, because they, they'll try to get more money out of them, and Harvey's a little concerned, whereas Candy's like, oh they're going to love it, right, and I was like, oh she's been naive here, I feel like she's been naive and thinking they're not going to, they're just going to accept, you know, accept her artistic merit and just go with it. Yeah. And sure enough, it gets kind of uncomfortable very quickly because they don't even want to refer to her. They talk straight to Harvey and refer to her as she, even though she's already in the yeah, room. Yeah, they, they refer to her part, you know, in the acting sense. It's yeah. like, oh, she's pretty good. And, and you know, she's right there. Yeah. Um, and she tries to make an argument. And the one guy uh, kind of like, he goes, yeah, I can see the merit in this. This could be good. This could play in theatres. This is true. And then he casually drops a light and says, oh, this will help with the feminism part. And she kind of looks over and says, what do you mean the feminism part? Well, you're abroad. You know, you, you know, there's a porn film. They're to be abroad. We can use that. We can sell it on that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Candy looks exploited. And then they ask her to leave. Can, you know, can we talk to just just the guys for a minute? 
She, mm. Even though it's her movie, she's directed it, produced it, she's put all the work in, she's asked to leave the room for them to have the conversation. And Harvey, Harvey the entire time of co- is clearly uncomfortable, is on her side, but knows how the game works and is trying to just kind of manage it. He doesn't like it, but he's, he's like, eh, what can we do, right? He's, he's trying his best, um, but he's, he's obviously he's, he's kind of bound by the system. And yeah, and then the reason why Candy's also so upset by this, as we find out, is that if they're going to promote it with her as kind of the, or as the star and the director, is she's now concerned about what about my son? Like, oh yeah, because this is being played in theaters. Yeah, this isn't just in the porn places now. This is actually in theaters, and it's going to be hey, directed by this person. And she chickens out because she brings the son by his set the, the, with the intentions seemingly to tell him the type of film she makes. And she actually never gets around to. It. She hides the costumes, and she just says she, he can't see the film. Maybe the next one. But she yeah. never actually outright says to him what type of film it is. Yeah. Uh, so, understandable. This is uh, this is a terrifying conversation, I think, for a uh, a person in her position to to have. Oh, I'm kid. sure it is. Yeah. Um. So you know, uh, I I think it's. I mean, I think it's. Even if it was flipped, even if it was the the, the kid saying to the the, the parent, I think it'd equally. You know, I, I think I think no matter which side of the conversation you're on, I think here I think it's. Oh yeah, yeah. It's awkward. Yeah, it's just an uncomfortable conversation. I think. Um, so no, but no. As always, scenes were superbly acted. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal takes a scene like this and her reactions to what the guys are saying to them ignoring her, and I think there's a real, a a wonderful dark irony in this scene where he mentions the benefit of like oh appealing to feminists in a scene where they're ignoring the woman and not letting her be a part of the conversation. And yeah, they they her. don't really care. They just go looking at it from the business side. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a really dark irony of of you of of, of of just taking feminism and using it to sit, make money and not act you know but exploiting it and th- th- there's that element there, um which I, I mean when you think about it that's kind of what pimping is it's, well not feminism but you know exploiting the the girls you know it's okay yeah there's parallels to make there with what the pimps yeah. do, um so yeah uh good rating as per usual so here's something that um. I, I in my head I I just described as escalating quickly. I think I know where we're going. Yeah, we're going to Flanagan. Yeah. And we're going to how how many is his girlfriend who works at the 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 the, the, the parlor, yep. and we see him with his wife. He's on a double date with with Alston, and he's been kind of addicted to his wife. He's saying really horrible things about her right there. It's kind of a mean spirited humor. He's very drunk. And he he has this sort of like drunken anger where he goes by the parlor afterwards, demanding to see his girlfriend, and she's not there, so he leaves. And then we see the next night he's in the car with her, and she wants him to break up with his wife, right? She actually, you know, so yeah, that will be a couple, but I want you to break up with your wife. That, that's where we're at and right now. And then he's just not having it. And he's not having it. He's like, you you don't understand, you're not married, and she's like, that's what all of the guys say. He's like, yeah, I'm not like them. That's what they said too. Yeah. And she ends up struggling with him. And hitting him because he won't let her leave, and then she starts hitting him enough that he pushes her head back and slams her head multiple times. Might I add? Because later on, when he's describing it, he says, "I just pushed her away to make her stop." He shot. He shoves her head like three times out of the window, like yeah. it's a, it's really brutal. And then he's in shock that he's he's killed her. She's dead. Yeah, it's a great scene. That was it's really well shot. And then he, you know, we we don't see the aftermath of this. We see uh, Alston get a case and a body's been taken out of the river. 
and sure and enough, you, it's yeah, her. Before you see it, you know where this is going. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know it's going to be her. And he recognises her. And, he, you know, he finds his watch. Like, she's got his watch in her hand. And he takes it. Like, he keeps it separate. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't show the other cops there. That said, he doesn't actually hide it completely, though, because we find out he, he takes it to his superior. He lets him know about it. And one of, one of the interesting elements to this for me, because obviously he goes to Flanagan... And Flagon agrees that he's going to turn himself in, kind of reluctantly, but then he ultimately just goes and commits suicide. You know, also a really well shot scene with him, uh, you know, almost backing out and then just doing it. You know, he takes the gun away and then he does it again. And really well done scene. But I, I, I did like this idea that, the, that there's kind of a corrupt element to this, but it's corruption kind of in a sort of noble way. Yeah, well, Alison's like, can we just, like, pretend it wasn't suicide? Let her have the pension. Yeah, because it's, it's not for him, really. It's, it's for it's for the wife and the kids. It's yeah. like, let's, let's make sure they're okay. But even if they, if they disguise, disguise the fact that he was a, a murderer, right, which they, they seem that they're doing, it still doesn't help with the pension because it was a suicide. Yeah. And, you know, he throws the watch, though, so that they'll never find out. And again, I think it's more for her than it is for, than it is for oh, Flanagan. So... You know, it's a little bit corrupt, but it's like it's, uh, it's at the point. Well, you know, he's dead now, so there's no point in in do, dragging his name down. He's, exactly, he's, yeah. There's no point. It's just like why why hurt everyone else? Yeah, and to the point where a Karate Kid even goes back to Bobby and gives him money, and they even comment how weird it is that he's giving him an envelope, and he's like, "Oh, it's it's for your loss. Uh, just forget that he's, you know she was dating dating Flanagan uh, yeah. for his family's sake." Um, and Bobby agrees, but it like. It was, it was a really... Uh, it's, funny, it's it's the most attention Flagon's ever got, which I guess makes sense that it's, it's such a an important yeah. plot point in this episode. Yeah. But but it's been such a... Just a regular figure. That yeah, constant. Didn't, you, yeah. you didn't really expect it to be, oh, this is his his exit episode, right? Yeah. So, but it was really effective, I thought, uh, the, the way they handled it. Mm, definitely. And speaking of Bobby, though, if we skip over to the, the subplot with his son... Who obviously last episode he was looking for a job for him, and then he eventually brought him to the parlor, and he immediately. In fact, the, the first line in this episode, and it really made me laugh, is he says, "Oh, how's my son doing?" He's like, "Well, he's got an erection pretty much all the time." <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what the, what the euphemism was. He used a he used a wait. I can't remember what he called it. I can't remember either. It was something like he's always struck midnight or something like that. Yeah. So something like that, and he's like, "Oh, put a fella duster on it. He can do double duty." <laughs> Um, and, but he basically he, and this was another one where I said oh this escalated quickly In fact, but this one was funnier I thought because I, I said to myself this escalated quickly and then about two minutes later I said well that de-escalated quickly as well yeah yeah this is from like zero to, to okay we're in love in like what three days and then about ten seconds to oh well I guess that's over now it's just because he starts being really nice, but one of, that's one of the girls, and uh, you know Bobby's giving him shit for being nice, and then he comes back and he catches them having sex, and the girls like, no, he paid for it. I like everyone out front's like, hey, let him have it. Yeah, let him do it, and he's like, I don't care if he paid for it. I don't care if he's got money flown out of his ass. He's here to work. Um, and then later on, they both go missing, and I was like, oh, we're going to get a plot here where his sons went missing for episodes and episodes or whatever, and he finds them almost immediately. Yeah, almost immediately. Start her apartment because Black Frankie says she was friendly. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> she's yeah. friendly," and he's like, "Oh, we're just going away. We're going to start over. You know, we're in love." 
and he's like, oh yeah, the the, the, the dropout and the prostitute, yeah, they're going to go start over. And is this love, you know, uh, honey, do you love him too? And this is what makes her immediately just go, good point, and she just turns around and goes back in her house. <laughs> it's it's a really sad but funny scene, and then... It is. Do you know what, what's funny about it, is that this is probably the first time I've seen Bobby not be like an angry like dickhead dad to his son because when when his son looks disappointed that she went back in he just puts his arm around him and just walks out with him come on let's go back to the parlor yeah he's almost comforting to him here and it's like this is what he connects to him over i guess it makes sense given how many times because yeah yeah, bobby's a hopeless romantic and he's been doing it all season yes this is why this is why he finally feels sympathy for his son yeah it's like he's fallen for the horse god damn it he's me (laughs) He's, he's exactly his father. It's kind of scary. Uh, yeah. Dear. Um, yeah, so... That, that, that was a subplot. <laughs> yeah. That was a subplot. But yeah, he's like his old man. That's the thing. Uh, who have I left out? I'm sure I've left out. Darlene. This is important. Yes. Darlene is, is sick. And immediately I went, well... We can't have a woman be sick in a TV show without it meaning pregnancy. Because women can't just be sick in TV shows. I'm almost, cri- rules. I'm almost critiquing it here for that, but I mean, I can't really blame it, because at the same time, it's also a sign of being sick, and if that's the plot you're doing, that's the plot you're doing. But she she, she is pregnant, and she, she goes for an abortion. And that's basically the, the whole thing, but, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's, it's well handled, of course, and the, the other uh, girl's like, hey, you, need, you can't go alone to that, I'll go with you, just tell me when. Um, and so we, we have that. But it is notable that um, Larry is still a pimp, like, you know, he still has to have a moment here where he gives the, the girl shit for helping with the, the social outreach stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like it's happened because he wasn't paying attention and he wasn't out there with her. He was, you know, he wasn't... He it's, wasn't... it's really half-hearted, though. Yeah. He, he has his go, but then she just goes and sits with him anyway, and yeah. then he doesn't say anything. Yeah. Well, because it's right after he's been saying, oh, I love acting. It's, I've never liked anything as much as acting. Yeah. And then, then the other girl who's there is like, oh, nothing, daddy. And he's like, go away. <laughs> yes, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Uh, Larry's the best. Acting fulfills me. Yes, uh, but yeah, but that, that was basically. It. I think obviously it's a really important moment for Darlene uh, that she's went through yeah. this, um, and then she even says, "No, I don't want kids, especially not Larry's. She doesn't want the kid under those mm. circumstances." So, so you know, but important. Um, yeah, not much Frankie in this one. Frankie's just kind of there, in one of the parlor scenes, hanging yeah, around. Yeah, just kind of around. It was an interesting episode because I felt like uh, we focused a lot on Bobby's and Bobby's son, and we focused a lot on Flanagan. So it was oddly like the least amount of Laurie and like Candy than what I'm used to. Yeah, Re- reasonable amount of um events of, of still though. Yeah, yeah, but it was almost like those two plots took away from two other characters who typically, if I think of the the, the three main plots in any given episode, it's usually one will be Vincent, one will be Candy, and one will be Laurie. Oh, I'll tell you what, well, I'm I'm. Okay, I'm fairly sure it was this episode. Oh, go on. Because I think I went, oh, oh, I watched these two bad to bad and went, oh, that wasn't in the last one. Uh, the bit with Shay. You're right, yes. Okay, Shay and Irene, very important as yes. well. Um, and it's, it's basically kind of the, 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 it's the story of an addict going back, right? And relapsing yeah. is essentially what it is. And it's funny because I remember when we talked about this last time was we were speculating that maybe she would feel like Irene's kind of treating her or she would at least interpret what's happening as almost just being another, in another like pimp's house almost. Yeah. And 
There's a moment where you can see where maybe she thought that is when Irene said, oh, you can't go outside. It's too dangerous right now because, you know, it's almost like she might be too controlling, even though she might actually just be genuine and she's being serious. I, I think she's a bit too overprotective, though. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, I was getting that vibe as well. Um, but then she is an addict and you probably have to be overprotective when it comes to an addict. Yeah, but it's like, I think the point is she's going, no, no, you mm. can't even go outside. It was like, you know, yeah. she's just locking her in a room, essentially. And I think that was too far. But she goes back, she goes back to her pimp and Irene sees it, tries to like, you know, intervene, but then, you know, pimp's sitting right there. So she has to kind of just play it cool. And, let, let it happen. Yeah. Um, And it, you know, I, I think the important part here, it's interesting because obviously Irene's a new character and she was around last season, but she wasn't like, you know, she's never been like an important big part of the show. Yeah. She's always been one of the, just one of the other girls in the scene. And... It's interesting to give, give Irene some of this stuff and give her so, some actual uh, plot here with Shay. Um, and it is interesting. It's a little bit different. No, I do think the first time she goes back to the... Rodney, right, is, is her pimp. Rodney, yeah. 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 And the first thing you know, he does is, here's your drugs. Yeah. It's like, yeah that, that's what she's going back for. Like it's just, but, but he knows exactly like how to keep her around and just you know, facilitate that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. This is just him... Giving her the, you know, because she's not back to, to back because she wants to go back on the street. That's not the appeal. No, no, it's bad because he enables her. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, so, and I can see this develop. I don't think this is over. I don't think this is just Irene giving up. I think Irene does genuinely care for for you know as much as she might be a bit too overprotective. Maybe she yeah. doesn't go about it the right way. I, I think she does genuinely care, and I think it will lead to more. Um, and we'll and we'll see uh, if if. This leads to something bad happen to her. We'll see if something bad happens to 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 Vincent. We'll see if something bad happens to Laurie. There's a lot of characters where something bad might happen to them. We're at this point now in the season where, yeah, I, yeah. I think someone is getting whacked before the end of the season now, and I just don't know which one it's going to be. Probably not Vincent because he's a pretty prominent character. Probably not Laurie, but see, you say probably not Vincent, but we can still have Frankie around. So that's true. You know. That's true. Um. And we also need to mention Paul, uh, which again, very open relationship where his boyfriend kind of accepts that he's probably doing that. Yeah. Uh, but it's maybe weird because they have not even had time for each other in the last like several weeks, which is I think is what really bothers him here. And he, he kind of basically says, you know what, this is not the life I want. You're going to be up at these hours because of the because of the nightclub, because of the the uh, the, the lounge. It's it's not. You know, like uh, a bad breakup, though. They're like, "Hey, you know, oh, we've yeah, actually, you know, we've been so busy doing all this, we forgot to break up." Yeah, it's it's basically just acknowledging this is the way it is, and uh, he doesn't even want to own half the half the lounge. He's like, "No, I want to buy out." I'm, I'm... And it kind of feels like this is where you know Vince and Abby could be going down. Like you know, they they, they got to get to that realization of, well, hang on, we just want different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but potentially not a bad break. I I almost feel like they they might break up, but Vincent might still have to like be there as an ally for you know whatever goes down if something goes down with the pimps yeah. or if something goes down you know because he he's morally kind of like finding himself again and he's like realizing he's let himself slip into this world that he doesn't want to be a part of yeah yeah so i can i can see them playing with that and putting that but yeah so there's a lot of, a lot of progression in this episode for the characters and it really leaves me fascinated to where we're ending with a season mm. and does laurie get away from cc um, or is she locked back in? Is her career ruined because of him? And it next... says a lot that I don't know. Like, there's two yeah. episodes left. I know it's it's either or, but <laughs> because because that's the thing. I could totally see season three being no. She's back to just 
you know, she might still be doing movies, but it'll just be limited to local stuff because CC's ruined her career, and it'll be like it'll make it'll be, it'll be another reason for her to hate CC because he's completely ruined the success that she could have had, the independence that she could have had. Yeah, or we go, she's out, and even if she stays around in New York, she's out, she's acting, she's free, and we have to have CC being, you know, aware that he lost another one. Yeah, I mean, uh, CC's such a big like presence in the show; it'd be weird to have a season without him. But it all, I almost wonder if he tries to do something very bad, but it it, it results in his end in some way. Could do, yeah. Because he can't he can't deal with it, so he does something with Sobara tries to that he does eventually, you know, either if if not the police, then someone like you know has to defend. Yeah. I I I would say I hope not. I do think a third season would be lacking without him because he's such a different kind of pimp. Yeah. Out of the, you know, we, we, a lot of them are pretty laid back, and you've got then him uh, cc and larry on either end then respectively yeah um i say laid back you know, relatively speaking where but cc's definitely the most aggressive i would say oh absolutely he's, he's yeah. by far the he, most aggressive. even though a lot of them are kind of awful people and uh, definitely have aggressive tendencies he's definitely the worst yeah who constantly feels threatened by anyone challenging anything he says yeah so i, I would hope that he sticks around just because uh I appreciate having the extreme ends of the, that scale for the pimps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no, very curious, very curious to see uh, where it goes. But yeah, that's episode seven. I believe we have two left. There's nine episodes this season, so we should have two left. Um, and we'll be back next week with the next one. So, uh, let us know you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel and the show and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. You can do that over there for as little as a dollar per month, and we'd appreciate it loads if you do, if you think about it. So, thank you very much uh, for watching and listening. Once again, we always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>